Good morning, everybody. Good morning, London Family Centre, and a good morning to all of those joining us from around the world in whatever nation you're in. We trust and pray that you're safe and well at this time. Again, a big thank you to London Family Centre members for being so flexible and cooperative as we've worked through and are still working through endless changes through lockdown period. Uh, next week, the meetings are as normal. On Tuesday night, Sandra has been running the Leadership Development for Women, and I think that's going to be open for men also. So you, if you wish to join that, I'm sure she'll get, give out details perhaps later today. Wednesday is prayer, going very, very well. Great attendance and great participation on Wednesdays at 6.30 in WhatsApp text-in prayer meeting. Fridays, LIW, Friday evenings. Saturday, young adults and Sunday mornings here. And Sunday evenings, uh, early evening, is the children's church. So do participate and God bless you this coming week. Last week, I watched this documentary and it was a it was partly produced by the, the World Health Organization and other health bodies around the world. And they were complaining vociferously that they had warned the governments, including the United Nations, for decades that we were going to face one huge pandemic. They had given endless warnings and they had details of all the dates we warned them, we warned them that we need to stockpile PPE, we need to have rapid systems for the production of vaccines and plus the distribution of those vaccines. And their, their great complaint was, no one listened to us. I think failure in preparation by the nations, who are people, <laughs> failure in preparation by people, for what was going to come, what has now come upon the earth, has caused the death of many and it has caused unnecessary suffering to many. And it just, as I saw all the complaints and I listened to all the statistics, it just reminded me of Israel. God had sent for decades, in fact, generations, God had sent prophets to warn Israel to prepare for the Messiah who was going to come. They had countless prophets with categoric detailed prophecies that the Christ would come. You need to get yourself ready. But they failed to prepare. And I wonder about us as we approach these end times and deal uh, on, on our left and right with end times issues. Are we prepared? I'm still getting videos sent to me and questions sent to me by Christians from all over the world who are very disturbed and perplexed about what is happening and what will happen. The title of today's message is Preparation for Separation. Pre we need, just like the World Health Organization were telling the governments, you need to get prepared, but they wouldn't listen. Just like the prophets told Israel, you need to get prepared, but they didn't listen. I'm telling you, I'm prophesying to you, you need to get prepared for the final separation, which is going to happen in the future. You cannot avoid it. What we can do is prepare for it. Let me begin like this. Please understand that separation is a biblical principle. It runs from Genesis to Revelation. In fact, the Bible opens with separation and the Bible closes with separation. In Genesis, if you remember in those first three chapters, it said that in, in the process of creation, 
God began by separation. He separated the light from the dark, the day from the night, the land from the sea. There was a process of separation. And the Bible ends with a process of separation from the sheep and the goats, which I'll come to in a moment. God was looking through creation. He was looking for a people that would be separated unto him. Nothing's changed. Today, God is still looking for people to separate and cleave to him. This was Adam's supposed destiny, that he would be on the earth in the Garden of Eden and he would be separated unto God. But we know what happened. Uh, sin entered mankind and that caused a different separation. That caused a separation of, of, of God and man. God sent the flood then upon the earth and he, the human race had a reboot with Noah. Noah found favor in God's eyes and he started again with those people who came out of that ark, right? But that society went wrong. So God separated Abraham. He just kept on trying to have a people unto himself. God called Abraham out, but that society became corrupt. Then God called Jacob and he set about creating a nation unto himself, which was, of course, the nation of Israel. And they were supposed to be separated unto God. But they failed in that task. So out of Israel, God called one tribe, the Levites. And they became the priesthood, right? The priests unto God. But they failed in being separate. They failed to separate themselves effectively and correctly as God wanted. Then we had 400 years of silence. And ultimately, the Lord Jesus Christ came himself and lived a separated life unto God. Let me say that we are very much intended by God to be in this world and effective in this world, just not off the world. That's all. Separate unto God, but nonetheless highly effective, especially in the generation in which we live. Let me say first and foremost, because I know I'm speaking to many pastors and leaders, worship leaders, uh, cell group leaders, etc., around the world. God bless you all. And you will know anyone who's born again automatically should separate themselves unto God. Can you say amen? We're supposed to do that. But even more so, if you carry any office in the church or any position whatsoever in the kingdom. You see this principle established multiple times in the Bible, but you see it established in Acts chapter 13 and verses 1 and 2. Acts 13 verses 1 and 2. The early church is gathering and they're beginning to put structure in place. And it says this, And as they ministered to the Lord and they fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I have called them to. The Holy Spirit said, separate unto me. So if you are, in, they were being called to ministry. If you're in any way called, it goes for everyone, all Christians. But even more so for any of you who are called to ministry. My simple word to you this morning, separate yourself from the world. Cleave to God. Be effective in this world, but understand that we are a people who are called out, and this is going to become, I believe, very important. All those separations that I've just mentioned, all of those changes in time and history with Israel and Abraham and Jacob and all of that, all of that 
pales into complete insignificance in comparison to the separation that's going to come. Jesus predicts, Jesus prophesies and tells us that when he returns, he's going to separate the nations, the people, that includes you. And the word separation is both positive and negative in the way Jesus uses it. Some of you are going to be separated unto God to spend eternity with God, but some of you will not. Some of you will be separated in the negative sense. You will be put away from God. One destination is light and the other is darkness. I'm sorry if this is hard and heavy, but there's a dire need in the earth at the moment for the church to be prepared. The, the governments have failed with the pandemic. Israel failed to listen to the prophets. And I pray that you do not fail to listen to me, but you separate yourself unto God in these last days. Warnings are precious, precious things. I ran a, a center for drug addicts in Dublin uh, for three years. It was a dangerous place sometimes, I tell you, very dangerous. You never knew quite what was going to happen, but thank God we got through it. On one occasion, I was going to that place. This day, I was alone. Normally, I had three or four people with me. But on this day, I was alone. And I was quite happy walking down the street <laughs> until I had a word from the Lord. And it was very clear. Today is going to be a bad day, a dangerous day. Well, that kind of shocked me. <coughs> Excuse me. Kind of shocked me and immediately put me on edge. And I began to prepare myself for what was up. I've just had a warning, haven't I? So I began to prepare, oh God, give me the grace to endure this. Give me the strength and the courage to stand because it could be dangerous. That day was the most violent, dangerous day in that place in three years. And I stood my ground. I was able to get through it without anybody being hurt. All because of one thing. I had a warning. I prepared myself and I was ready for the time's that I entered into. And I, pr I pray for you and for me that we become a prepared people, a people set apart unto God. Jesus himself gives us a warning about the future. It's, it's about the judgment that is to come. Judgment for all mankind. You know, two things in scripture are rock solid guaranteed. The first one is that Jesus Christ is coming back, okay? If you have any shadow of any doubt in your mind that the same Jesus who came 2,000 years ago, if there's any shadow of any doubt in your mind that he's coming back, get rid of that, okay? He is coming back. That I guarantee you. It is the most repeated refrain in scripture. The Lord will return. He is coming back on this planet. The second thing is, most emphatic in Scripture, there's going to be a judgment. There's going to be a judgment of all mankind. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. Jesus himself speaking here, and he says, When the Son of Man comes in glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right, and he will put the goats on his left. And then Jesus goes on about the nature of re the rewards he offers in that day, he proffers in that day. So just this week, I, 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 I've been thinking about myself, and am I a sheep or am I a goat? 
Are you a sheep or are you a goat? The second coming of Christ is going to be a surprise. Okay, that's very clear in Scripture. When did we give you a glass of water, Lord? When did we? People are constantly surprised. Surprised negatively and surprised positively. And we need to absolutely prepare ourselves for this judgment day. So I want to ask you a question, me a question. Am I a sheep or a goat? What are the characteristics of a sheep? Because that's the characteristics I need to have. And what are the characteristics of a goat? Help me, God, to secure my salvation. To be sure that I'm in the positive camp on judgment day in Jesus' name. You know, Jesus says, on his return, two men will be working in a field. And one will be taken, the other one will be left. A husband and wife will lie down to sleep. One will be taken, the other one left. There's a great separation coming up. And I want us all to be taken up. I want us all to be gathered together with Christ. But it's going to, it's going to require you to listen. It's going to require you to do some serious preparation in the way the nations have not done of late, in the way Israel did not do. And I ask you to take this word seriously. Preparation for separation. What's the first big difference between sheep and goats? I did some research on this this week. Number one, it's hard to tell the difference. Now, I lived in Wales for many years, and there's a lot of sheep in Wales. You have no trouble telling a sheep from a sheep and a goat to goat in Wales. None at all because of the breeding in this part of the world. It's easy, like New Zealand, a sheep is a sheep. Very easy to tell. However, in biblical days, and indeed today in Asia and parts of Northeast Africa, that's not the case. Sheep and goats are closely bred and there's actually, the, the, it's hard to tell the difference. And in some cases it takes a trained eye. And Jesus was being more specific here than perhaps we realize. He addressed this issue also in Matthew chapter 22, if you remember, when he told the, the parable of the great wedding banquet, where all the guests, it's a picture of the church, all the guests are gathered in together for the celebration, the marriage supper of the Lamb, the return of Christ. And everybody accepts everybody. You know, we're all sheep, aren't we? And then the king returns, and the first thing the king says is, who's this man here? Who is this person? This is not a sheep. This is a goat. Now, I want you to notice that no one in the room, no one in the feast actually realized that that was a goat. They couldn't tell the difference until the Lord came back. So it is important that we analyze a little bit of self-analysis for me, and I hope for you, I invite you to do that. Am I a sheep or a goat? The second point I would say about sheep, sheep follow. They follow but goats do not. Goats are totally independent creatures, very independent creatures. When you say follow today, sheep follow, following like sheep, it has a negative connotation, undoubtedly, within society today. But, but in the Bible, it's not negative. It's very positive. It's got the connotation of trust. My sheep follow me in the sense of trusting me and not needing an explanation for everything. And goodness knows, especially in Europe, we suffer from the need for God to explain everything to us. God does not owe me an explanation. God does not owe you an explanation. And there has to be faith and trust as we follow God. I really appreciate my wife. Um, her English is getting better every day, but... Um, 
it's still not great and sometimes I'm busy and I have something happens and I have to go quickly without giving a full explanation it happened actually in Singapore recently I had to go off and I left her in a library a theological library and I didn't have the time to explain fully why I had to go or how long I was going to be and I was gone a long time you know the master was gone a long time and I came back five and a half hours later and I found her at peace very happy you know, and I explained, sorry about that. The church was doing stuff today and I couldn't explain because I had to run. I appreciate that sense of trust and, uh, and not demanding an explanation. Sheep follow and they trust their Savior, even in difficult times. Thirdly, sheep follow the shepherd's voice, whereas goats Follow other goats, heavens above. Whatever you do, do not follow a goat. <laughs> In the last days, many false teachers and false prophets will arise. We have been duly warned by Peter, right? Many times, in fact, in Scripture. Many false prophets, many goats, <coughs> excuse me, are going to arise in the last days. Do not follow a goat. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Sheep follow shepherds and they follow the shepherd's voice because they know that voice number four and i love this sheep are satisfied with grass actually all the nutrients and the vitamins that sheep need are contained within grass whereas goats that's not the case goats need quite a lot of supplements they need they have a high copper diet and copper is actually detrimental to sheep so these two diets are different sheep can't eat what goats eat Goats can't eat what sheep eat. They need different supplements. And, and again, God created both sheep and goats, and he did it as a, as a prime example to us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in one. He causes me to lie down in green pastures. And I pray to you in these last days, cause your diet to be the diet of a sheep not a goat. Don't eat as the world eats. Don't diet as the world diets. Excuse my belly. <laughs> Don't diet as the world diets, but diet on the word of God. The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not be in want. He will cause you to lie down in green pastures. Make him your wholesome diet in Jesus' name. Number five, Sheep graze, the Jews make a point of this, sheep graze with their heads down. They eat grass, but goats graze with their heads up. They love to eat leaves from the, and fruit from the top of trees. And the Jews use this in, in picture terms as a difference of humility with the head bowed in the sheep and pride with the head up in the goats. May God cause us to be meek and humble in nature inside, like sheep following our good shepherd. Sixthly, sheep are generally peaceful animals, typically. But goats are not. Goats are constantly searching, constantly inquisitive, constantly seeking. We were in, just before Christmas, before all this happened, we were in Harrods. We were walking through London, actually, and we just, by coincidence, by mistake, we came and found ourselves outside Harrods department store, and I'd never been there. So we went inside, and to be honest, I felt quite sad. Um, there was a lot of people in there with a lot of money, very obviously with a lot of money, buying a lot of very expensive things. One of the most expensive stores in London. They were buying 
expensive clothes, expensive watches, expensive perfume. And there was such a desire to acquire. Uh, we left there without buying a single solitary thing. I didn't want anything. But I tell you, in the midst of that store, I felt different. And I thank God I felt different. I'm not one of these people. I don't want to be one of these people. I don't need this stuff. I have peace within me. Sheep are fundamentally peaceful animals within. Whereas goats are inquisitive and constantly on the search. I'm asking you to analyze yourself this morning in preparation for the separation. Jesus says the nations will be separated into two groups. Some will be like goats and some will be like sheep. And I'm looking at the different characteristics of goats and sheep just to make sure that I'm a sheep and you're a sheep. Amen? Seventhly, when you domesticate a sheep, it remains domesticated. But when you domesticate a goat, it will very quickly revert to its previous way of life instantly. In fact, when you let it go, goats do not remain domesticated. When I got saved, I got saved at the same time with a friend of mine. We actually we were living together in an apartment before we got saved. We were roomies, flatmates. We both worked in the same place. We both got saved at the same time. We both got baptized on the same night. We both got discipled by the same people. We both trained in evangelism, etc., etc. And then our lives took different places. We moved from that domesticated environment of close discipleship. And we both moved to different countries. And we found ourselves, you know, loose. And I quickly put myself under VFC, actually. Um, I quickly put myself under a church. And I lost contact with my friend for many years. And then one day, lo and behold, he called me. And I was delighted. I said, you know, what church are you with? None. What have you been doing with the Lord? What's God been doing? God? I'm not with God. That was something we did back then. I could not believe it. That he had so quickly gone back to his old way of life. He's a goat. <laughs> He's a goat. I thought he was a sheep. But he very quickly, you know, and as I was thinking about him, because we were wild men, I tell you, we, we were, I may not look like it, but we were. Um, you can take a wolf, he's not a wolf, God bless him, he's a nice man, but I'm just, it's just an example. You can take a wolf and you can put it in a cage, but it's still a wild wolf. And if you open the cage, that thing will go. And you can take, you know, a, a lost person and they're born again and you can lock them in a church. But unless there's a fundamental brokenness within, then as soon as the door opens, they'll be gone. And that's what happened to him. Sheep remain broken and domesticated, even after freedom. But goats revert to their previous existence, their previous way of behavior and life. Am I a sheep or a goat? Father, would you help us this morning analyze ourselves and begin a serious, deep preparation for the great separation that is to come. On top of all of these points that I've just mentioned, Jesus additionally goes through many different separations, particularly in the New Testament. When he returns, he's going to separate the wise from the foolish. Don't know if you noticed that. That's the parable of the ten virgins. He's going to separate the wise from the foolish. He's, in Jeremiah, he says he's going to separate the holy from the vile. 
In the gospel, it says he's going to separate the wheat, those who are fruitful, from the tares. And ultimately, in the book of Revelation, he says he's going to separate the bride of Christ, the sheep, from the harlot church or the political church that exists on the earth at the end of time. That's it for today. That's my point that's been burning in my heart. I know it's serious, but these are serious times. Look at the result of the lack of preparation on the, on the nations today. Look at the number of hospitals that are full. Look at the nations and how they've stopped because they failed to heed the warning. Prepare yourself, prepare your family for the greatest separation of all time. It's guaranteed by Christ himself. This is your PPE, if you like. This is your time for preparation. I pray for you and your families that God will enter your home and you will set yourself aside onto him to serve him, not being distant, as it were, from this world. We're in the world. We're just not off the world. So will you pray with me this morning that we begin a deep and serious preparation for the separation that is to come. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for the gospels and for the parable of the sheep and the goats. I pray that all those watching, no matter what nation they're in, you will keep them safe from this virus in Jesus' name. And Lord, we want to be sheep and not goats. I pray you would give us that, that clarity of self-analysis and security within ourselves so we know your voice. And with trust and faith, we obediently follow you, not demanding explanations endlessly, but trusting your word, trusting you in these last days. God, I commit all of those watching around the world. Would you bless them and keep them in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. We'll see you here again next Sunday. It's great to spend time with you. Have a good week. Bye-bye.